We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, we, we got we to try to score points. We got to try to score points fast. I know everybody want to talk about the time of possession, but the, the offense scored 37 points, and I can't go to the offense and say, don't score in a minute. You know, I, I got I to gotta let them score, you know, and the defense understands that. You know, so the time of possession was a little off, but I think sticking to our guns, do what we do. You know, we, we want to throw the football. We want to throw the football, but we got to get Anthony going this week. We got to get him going. We got to get a running game going this week. That was Nebraska head coach Mickey Joseph talking about the Huskers' biggest strength on offense, which also might be its greatest limitation. This is certifiably a big play offense at this point. Some of that's out of necessity. Some of that's due simply to ability. And you definitely don't want to shut off that big play ability. But it does come with a cost. Namely, the defense can be on the field a lot, which is what Joseph was referencing with his mention of the Purdue game. Enter Illinois, which ranks third nationally in average time of possession and nearly 36 minutes per game. Not coincidentally, the Illini are one of the slowest teams when it comes to pace, running a play every 26.8 seconds this year against FBS opponents. Also, perhaps not coincidentally, Illinois ranks first in scoring defense, giving up 8.9 points per game entering this week. First in opponent success rate, 27.6%. First in pass yards per play allowed, 47 And first in pass efficiency defense. That's not to slight this defense in any way. More just to note how well the Illini are playing complementary football right now. If you have an offense that can stay on the field and a defense that can get off the field quickly, they both help each other keep doing exactly what they're good at. The closest defense to Illinois in most of those categories I just mentioned, Georgia. The Bulldogs offense also ranks second in time of possession. It's like chocolate and peanut butter, a combo that just works. Happy Halloween, everyone. The Illini take this seriously enough that there's an entire page in the game notes devoted to ball control statistics. I look at a lot of game notes each week. It's just something I like to do. I don't think I've ever seen that. The styles here make this a tough matchup for Nebraska on Saturday. But like Joseph said, what are you going to do? Ask the Huskers not to do the thing that they can do the most often? You're listening to the IED Preview, back from bye week, Husker Illini edition. I'm Hale Varsity Managing Editor Brandon Vogel. Let's talk some football. We'll jump into the first half of the show here with a look at the opening line. Circus Sports opened this one at Illinois minus five on Sunday afternoon. I'd call that a mild surprise for me personally, at least. It's a little bit lower than some of the power rankings I look at, 
specifically to get a sense for what these lines will be, had it. Though the public has bet this thing into shape, mostly. ESPN's SP Plus power ratings have the Illini 26 this week with a rating of 11.5. So saying the Illini are 11 and a half points better than the average college football team. Nebraska is still, I would say, holding strong with a rating of 3.0 and a ranking of 64th. Throw in two and a half points for home field advantage and SP Plus puts this game somewhere close to Illinois minus six. FPI, ESPN's other major power rating, has Illinois 34th this week with a rating of 8.3. Nebraska is below average here, minus 0.9, drank 71st. That gives us a line with the same home field advantage of Illini minus 6.7. By midweek, the actual line here was up to Illinois minus 7.5. So the public was liking the Illini more than even the power ratings were. Per the Action Network, at the time of this recording, 62% of the bets so far in this game were on Illinois. Tells you where things, things are at. Move to the key players portion of our show each week. We'll start, as we always do, with the, well, in this case, it's the visitor, I guess, when Nebraska's on the road, it's just the opponent. But the visitor, Illinois. You won't be able to miss him, so let's just start there. Number one, running back Chase Brown. Leads the nation at 1,059 rushing yards on the season. He's one of two running backs so far to be over 1,000 yards. He's a grinder. He's also first in the nation at 27.4 carries per game. He's not the biggest big playback you'll see. Brown's 5.52 yards per carry, quote-unquote, only. Ranks 23rd among the 62 players with at least 100 100 carries this season. That said, he does exactly what Illinois needs. Since returning from injury last season, so Brown was in and out of the lineup at the start of 2021 and kind of returned full strength against Charlotte, rushed for over 200 yards against Charlotte. And since that point, so the last 14 games, seven this year and the final seven of 2021, Illinois is 10-4 and four with Brown in the lineup. He's a pretty big part of what they do. Number two, another big part of what they do, defensive tackle, Jerzon Newton. He looked good as a freshman last year. He looks really good this year. Newton leads the country and hits on the quarterback, 15, and quarterback pressures, 35, both numbers courtesy of Pro Football Focus. He and bookend defensive tackle Keith Randolph Jr., so then this 3-4 front, are known as, quote-unquote, the law firm. And they're, it's a cool nickname. Normally, I wouldn't mention it, but I'm mentioning it specifically because they've actually partnered with a real law firm, which is donating $100 for each sack to a local boys and girls club. Newton and Randolph have four sacks each. Third on the list for me with Illinois, Nickelback Quan Martin. He's ninth nationally in passes defended with 10. That's eight pass breakups and two interceptions. He plays Illinois' star position, and it's aptly named in this case. Sporting News named him as a midseason All-American first team, and he's not the only one you got to worry about back there. Corner Kendall Smith also has seven passes defended, including four interceptions. 
flip this over to the Husker side of things. Number one for me, I'm going to go with inside linebacker Chris Kolarovich. Mickey Joseph announced this week that Nick Henrich is out for the year. So in steps Kolarovich, a player I liked quite a bit as a Northern Iowa transfer. He's just been behind Reimer and Henrich, who are two pretty good players. Nebraska tried him out at nickel, but with Henrich out, Kolarovich is back inside. It's a big opportunity for him. Nebraska's linebackers are going to have to be pretty good on Saturday. Luke Reimer usually is, but this is a big opportunity for Kolarovich. He might need to play his best game yet in a Nebraska uniform against that tough-to-handle Illinois run game. Number two, we'll go with a guy that Mickey Joseph mentioned, running back Anthony Grant. Joseph was pretty clear that they want to get him going this week. I agree. It's important. It's also going to be brutally hard. Illinois has held five opponents to less than three yards per carry this season. Though Wyoming and Minnesota topped five yards per carry against this defense, both teams also happened to lose. Grant's had fewer than 50 rushing yards in three of the last four games. He still ranks 25th nationally in 682 yards. It's not a question of him. We know he's good. This would be a game where if he were to go off, great. That would probably be, well, that might be the best possible sign for Nebraska and its chances to win this game. But even something like the Indiana performance where Grant had 32 carries, averaged 4.2 yards on those carries against Indiana, and it was enough, uh, might be more in the realm of possibility this week. Third key player for me for Nebraska, I'm just going to go with the whole O-line. <laughs> against the Illini's high-powered law firm, the Huskers better have found some competent legal representation over the bye week, put it that way. I think we know that's probably asking too much at this point. Only so much you can do in a week. But Illinois is going to ask it, so we might as well. If you thought past games were rough for the Huskers up front, things look to be even rougher over these final five games, unless Nebraska has figured some things out. And that starts in a pretty big way this week. And Illinois defensive front, really the front seven, is active it's in the opponent backfield. It's also just pretty big. It's a, it's a sizable challenge for Nebraska this week. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. 
Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's going to take us to halftime. Here's meteorologist Rusty Dawkins with the forecast for this 2.30 p.m. game in Lincoln. You can follow Rusty at Husker Weather on Twitter and check HaleVarsity.com leading up to the game for continued updates. Hi there, everyone. Meteorologist Rusty Dawkins for Hale Varsity and the I-80 Preview Podcast Forecast. And, okay, it's the end of October, and uh, we've seen just about everything this time of year. We've had snowfall this time of year. We've had uh, severe weather this time of year. Uh, we've had everything in between. And this weekend, it'll be fine. It, it's it's looking really quiet, really sunny, really mild. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend uh, for football. So here we go. Illinois coming to town. It's a 2.30 kickoff on uh, on Saturday. And if you're doing some tailgating, this is about the only thing that may be adverse. It's the temperatures early in the morning on Saturday. It'll be in the upper 30s and lower 40s, which isn't bad uh, for this time of year, but still a chill in the air, plenty of sunshine. By 10 a.m., mostly sunny to partly cloudy and temperatures around 50, just a light southeast breeze at 5 to 10 miles per hour. And by noon, uh, mostly sunny to partly cloudy skies, temperatures getting very close to 60 degrees. So if you're doing some tailgating around the lunchtime hour and you're cooking some brats, I'll take a cheddar one. Just let me know where you're at. I'll be right out. For kickoff, around 2.30, plenty of sunshine, temperatures in the middle 60s. Uh, and if you're in the sunshine, sitting in the sun during the game, uh, sure, a little a little warmer. But goodness, that is such a, a great forecast for a game. By halftime, mostly sunny to partly cloudy, middle 60s. Southeast wind at 5 to 15 miles per hour. By the fourth quarter, more sunshine, otherwise partly cloudy, and temperatures cooling off a little bit into the middle and upper 50s. But overall, just a fantastic weekend for football. Temperatures about where they're supposed to be this time of year. Uh, Maybe a few clouds, no chances for precipitation, and not much of a wind either. So please enjoy. It's going to be a great game. If we have any updates, you can follow my social media pages, Husker Weather. That's all Husker Weather all the time on uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Rusty WX. That's everything else uh, Nebraska weather related on all of the social media channels. And then all of the Hale Varsity channels and their website as well. Go Big Red! We'll start the second half with a confession. I did not see this Illinois season coming. Illini returned about 52% of their defensive and offensive production, which puts it squarely in a gray area. It's not an amount of returning production that says, oh, this team's definitely going to be better than the year before, or it's definitely going to be worse. In fact, it's where most teams fall, and that's, that's fine. There were some playmakers to like on both sides of the ball for Illinois coming back from 2021. You had a question mark at quarterback. Syracuse transfer Tommy DeVito was good as a freshman, not so good in the two seasons after that. But the real fly in the Illini ointment for me was the offensive line, which returned just 25% of its total snaps. Brett Bielema didn't like last year's group and said so in a press conference, which was kind of amusing uh, if you weren't on that offensive line, I suppose. So he set out to fix that. But you never know how that's going to go either. Right tackle, Alex Polchewski, now having made 59 career starts and counting, was pretty much the only known up front, a super senior. Illinois starting two, is starting two junior college transfers at right and left guard, new additions just for this season, 
Its center is a converted walk-on tight end. And its left tackle is a player who had been in the program for a while, but hadn't really been a, well, hadn't been a full-time starter for sure. It was a, it was a green group. And there were a lot of questions for me with that group up front. Most of those questions have been answered in the best way possible. And it happened at just the right time, i.e. a time when the West was a grab bag, which we didn't know entering this season either. Sometimes seasons go like that. Oftentimes special seasons go like that. You get the best possible answer to some of your biggest questions and find yourself in a favorable setting and away you go. So how does Nebraska beat this really solid and impressive Illinois team? Here are my three keys going into Saturday. Number one, be ready to tackle and tackle again. This Illinois offense is solid, but not spectacular. It's average to slightly above average in overall success success rate, as well as success rate on rushes and passes. It's average to slightly below average in explosive plays percentage across the board. At 26 points per game, it only ranks 85th nationally there. But it's an offense that's more than content to do things the old-fashioned way. Just gradually move the ball down the field, give the ball to Brown, one of the best backs in the country, and ask teams to tackle him over and over again. The challenge is that Nebraska's defense to this point doesn't really rise to the level of solid in most categories. It keeps the big plays down to a decent degree, but lets teams stay on schedule way too often, ranking 121st nationally in overall success rate and 120th in success rate against the run. You see the issue here, right? Against a team that runs the ball 57% of the time, third most in the Big Ten, against a team that not only doesn't get antsy if a drive takes 10 plays, but probably just feels like it's hitting its stride once they reach double digits. There's no easy way for Nebraska to address this mismatch, at least not, not from my view. Maybe you sell out against the run and say, if you're willing to throw over our heads, go ahead. That could offer a path forward, though devoting resources to run stopping doesn't mean you will stop the run. Got to win some individual physical battles to do that. That's ultimately what it will come down to on Saturday against Brown in that Illini line. The Huskers do find some success success against the run, and that's that's a big if. It might make Illinois a little bit uncomfortable. This is going to have to be a down by down approach centered on one thing, get to third down for Nebraska's defense. The Illini ranks 78th in third down conversion percentage at 38%. Somewhat surprisingly, at 15.4 third down attempts per game, Illinois ranks 120th. The only Big Ten teams worse than that, i.e. those that have faced more third downs per game, are Indiana and Northwestern. And they're they're having the opposite season for what Illinois is having. Even facing a bunch of first third downs hasn't really hurt the Illini yet. But the offense-defense matchup here tilts so strongly in favor of Illinois that it's about the best I got for Saturday because it would mean NU was probably tackling well and setting the edge against the run, something it struggles to do and something I assure you Illinois has noticed. As far as numbers to watch, I'll be keeping an eye on third down attempts for the Illini. Probably needs to be at 
17 or better, which is a high, high number to hit, but so it goes. Key number two, bombs away. Can wide receiver Trey Palmer truly just run by most Big Ten defensive backs and quarterback Casey Thompson when he's not being harassed? Find him often enough to score 28-ish points on Saturday? We might be about to find out. The defense-offense matchup here tilts orange as well, though maybe not as heavily as the inverse matchup. Nebraska, as I mentioned at the top of the show, is a legitimate big play threat, particularly through the air, with a nearly 19% explosive pass rate, 15 to 16 is about average most years. Illinois counters with a savage pass, pass rush and a school of sharks in the secondary. The Illini's explosive pass rate allowed is 8.1%. If Nebraska somehow found a way to get its run game working, that would be the easiest way to loosen things up a bit. I think that's why Joseph was talking about it. It wasn't just about keeping the offense on the field. It's about creating some space for you to do what you want to do. But based on what we've seen of late, how likely does getting the run game going feel? You'll try it and hope for the best, but the best bet, which still doesn't feel like a good bet, might be for Nebraska to just play to its strength and take your shots in the passing game. The only team to beat Illinois so far, Indiana, threw it 52 times in its week one win. Didn't throw it all that well either, 54%. One touchdown, one interception, a 109 team passer rating. But the Hoosiers hit for passing plays of 52, 40, 39, and 24 yards, all in the first half as they built a 16 to 10 lead. Its explosive pass rate in that game was only 9.8%. But we know that Indiana offense, having seen it a couple weeks ago, is extremely one-handed. Nebraska's shown the ability to run the ball a bit better than the Hoosiers. But going right into the strongest part of this Illini defense probably has to happen to some degree. I'm going to set the number to hit here pretty low. Out of deference to this Illinois defense, more than anything else. But the Huskers probably need to be at about a 12% explosive pass rate on Saturday. Remember, they come in averaging about 19 But wait, you might be saying, Indiana got a win at just 9%. I can't stress enough that the Hoosiers were really, really fortunate to win that game. The Hoosiers were also plus two in turnover margin. Speaking of, key number three, be ready to pounce. If this is all feeling somewhat bleak, my apologies. I'm just really impressed by Illinois so far. And the Illini's strength on offense happens to hit a Nebraska weakness, while a Husker's strength happens to hit an Illinois strength when you flip it around. That said, if there's a wild card for Saturday, it could be the Illini's propensity to put the ball on the turf. Illinois has 12 fumbles on the year, 111th, nine of them lost, which ranks 123rd. That's some bad fumbles luck. Most most of the time, the national average is going to be about you lose half of the fumbles that that you actually have. Illinois is at 75%. But the Huskers certainly won't mind if that luck doesn't change for another week at least. 
Nebraska's defense has a weird history with fumbles, which is to say it doesn't have much of a recent history with them at all. This year, the Huskers' three recoveries ranks 88th nationally, and its six opponent fumbles ranked 97th. Last year, Nebraska was 117th in recoveries, 119th in opponent fumbles. Nebraska's one good recent year in terms of opportunity was in 2020, when opponents fumbled 13 times in eight games, 35th nationally. The Huskers recovered just two of those, back down to 107th. Be it scheme, technique, or randomness, the ball just hasn't come out much when Nebraska's defense is on the field. It's a strange thing. Maybe the ball will come out on Saturday. Illinois is prone to that sort of thing in 2022. The Huskers can grab two of them. They might have a shot. If you told me I can, get, I can share no other data from this game, but I guarantee you Nebraska will have two fumbles. Recovered, that is. That might be enough, just based on that information alone, for me to say, okay, I might take the Huskers and the points and see what happens. There's a lot more that happens in a football game. If those two fumbles recovered come with six fumbles lost, yeah, not going to make much of a difference. But assuming things play out mostly to form, two, two takeaways, two fumbles specifically, could be a pretty big deal. It's not much to go on, I admit. But credit to Illinois and Bielema in year two. They're not giving teams a lot to go on. That's the show this week. Thanks for listening, as always. And if you like the show, do your podcast chores, rate, review, tell a friend. For even more stuff like this, subscribe to Hail Varsity by visiting hailvarsity.com slash subscribe. You can get a discount at checkout by using the promo code I-80 just because you listened all the way to the end. Talk to you next week. A Huda Media Production.